Liz Reed is with us again. We had so much fun the last time you were here. And Thank you. before you left, we we made you sign that you'd come back and spend some more time with us because there's a lot to say. There is. A and I'm just the share. girl to do it. You are. You are. <laughs> so... Uh, Welcome back for part two. Um, so Thank you. if you missed the first episode, you guys can go listen to it um, on the Nooner Show. Like, subscribe and follow. Right, Gina? There we yeah, go. Yeah. You set up for me. <laughs> um, but Liz is a psychotherapist, and she is back with us again today. We're going to be in a magazine. Oh, yes. yes we oh, are. To yes. celebrate A little this. recognition. Yes. A yes. little recognition. Yes. I yeah. like that. All yes. of us. Yes, every one of us here is going to yes. be in it. Yes, it's going to be so cool. And I just got a text uh, back. So the name of the magazine is... Black Diamond Magazine. So Black Diamond Magazine is the one. Yep. She just sent me the cover. Ooh, exciting. And uh, wow, I thought I was on it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Nooner Show. Here's your host, Jackie Wallace, Gina Guccini, and Rocky Wallace. Renetta is just a real quick uh, story about her. She was on our show actually, I think about three years ago. And she she is a retired admin person from Hurley. 30 years at Hurley and uh, started this magazine. I always wanted to do this magazine. And it is just three years later, full blown, um, blowing up with it. She's doing great. It's what she does full time now. So uh, it's a cool story. Do we know when it comes out? Um, she, she said she's just putting the final touches on now, so it should be out like probably in a couple days. Right on. Yeah. Exciting. Exciting. I buy 20 copies and give them out to everybody I know. Okay. Here, page three. That's me. Do you remember when we were in, um, we had, when you had Cassie and the girls over? Um. Cassie and Nicolina and Carrie Ann were over. Yeah. Nicolina, where is she from? She was, she's been on our show. She's from Wisconsin. But she's from somewhere else originally. You mean another country? Yeah, where's oh, she from? Because um, she said that International Women's Day and these other and the where she's from was like a big deal. Like they got gifts from their dad and her, oh, their significant right. others, and like she said, it was not as big of a deal here. But like in other countries and other areas of the world, like they actually celebrate it as like they get the day off and like they get really. Yeah, and I thought that was like really Sweden or something. The, like yeah, that. she's she is from Europe. She's from European. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, I can't remember where she's from. Oh, we'll have I to reach out either. to her. But she, we're, you know, talking about it. And she was talking about how, like, she couldn't believe that we didn't do, like, more. Like, because I was right. like, oh, it's always, like, a fun day, you know, on social media. So if our husbands are listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it is a free. holiday. It, it is a holiday. There you go. Feel free yeah. to stop by. Exactly. Right. At dinner tonight, can I get a little more? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the man. You're the girl. You're the woman. Yes. Yeah. What do we get? We get a, a post yeah. from another woman yeah, I that know. puts it up. It's not even a guy that puts it up. Uh, <laughs> celebrating women, sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, that is cool, though. I wonder how it started. Does anybody know the Actually, history? I do, I, I what do, is the history? Um, oh, my gosh. Because I had to do, I, you know, I do my posts ahead of time for the other businesses. And yeah. so I, I had to do these posts ahead of time. But um, it started, there was actually several different days that were like women's days in other countries. And it, it started out of women in factories. Protesting. Really? Yep. Really? Protesting. Yep. And oh. then, so that's what I read on it, according to history.com. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, it started women protesting in factories and, and the abuse that was going on in the early 1800s and, and early 1900s. And so there was several different periods of time when they protested. And the teacher can correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
teachers going, sounds uh, good, Gina. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, no, part, protests. I wasn't part of them, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it probably became more well-known and celebrated after the whole Me Too. No. Well, no, no more like okay. women's lib and like all those things. That time when women were getting the right to vote and and. You can Sounds tell good. that this is just not a topic of voting and We're, stuff like that. Yep. That we, so let's yeah. move on. 1920 to be exact. Anyway, oh, we're excited because yes. we're all going to be in the magazine. We're all featured in this magazine. And um, it's uh, 50 women uh, doing cool things. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Just that we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It's really neat. Yeah, and we are going to have Renetta back on the show because uh, we're going to get caught up on how she really made this magazine happen. You know, three years later, going from a corporate environment for 30 years to pursuing her dream and making it happen. Yep. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and Rocky, you have a really cool song coming out. I do. Celebrating Women. Yes. It's an awesome song. It's actually mm-hmm. one of my favorites. So what's happening with that? Uh, we're working on it. I'm working with Lewis Hensley. Uh, he's producing producing the song. So we're in the studio getting it finished. And uh, yeah, and then uh, your Carisiotis will be... Uh, doing the video. So All right, good deal. Yep, it's called Woman. Yes, <laughs> I like it. It is called yeah. Woman. Excellent. Yes. And so anyway, we have Liz back, Liz Reed, mm-hmm. as Gina mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, a regular here, mm. or house therapist. Do you like that? How we, I do like that. Just actually. point house you therapist. are house I do therapist. like that. I need I need yeah. a place to land. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I we have welcome. one for you. <laughs> just don't send us your bill, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we have no insurance here. <laughs> That's. I'm actually one of the rare therapists who give people discounts. Yeah, you oh. you are pretty. Generous. I take care of everybody. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't matter. I don't, I do not discriminate. I really get pissed about that. Yeah. and I think it, I need to do a rant on that. Yeah, there on you go. <laughs> One, it's pretty amazing that you take calls, I know, yes. all the time. Texts and calls um, at all times, uh, even without appointments, because, you know, people have problems in between sessions. You know what? What do you do when you're down or depressed or struggling yourself I mean how do you handle that when you're you're helping everybody else that's got to take a toll you know what it that doesn't I know it it sounds weird that's probably why I enjoy my job so much I feel that I've done the best I can for that day I've helped as much as I can and now it's just time to do my thing you know and I spend a lot of time with my animals you know I have so many rescued animals I Currently have seven dogs and eleven cats. Wow! And um, and my husband, the largest animal of them all, and, <laughs> and so I'm constantly taking care of them and cooking. And but I, I just went through a really per- a period of being down, um, of being so what pretty do you bummed do? out. I work out more. I work out more. I increase my workouts, and um, I do a little self talk. I think I actually say to myself. What would I tell a patient right now? What would oh, I tell so a you patient do, right you, now? You do therapy on yourself. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you see a therapist at all? I do not. Now, that's not to say I wouldn't if I couldn't find one that I really liked. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard to find a therapist that you like. And I'm going to be a tall order. I know that. So, But I know what I'm looking for because uh, the therapist that saved me, I consider her Sylvia Hernanda. She was in Arizona and she, she saved my life. I mean, she was a wonderful woman. And so it'll be really hard to, you know, she never judged me. She was always just there and supportive and loved me and cared for me when I needed it most. So, but I wouldn't mind having a therapist at all. I would be fabulous. I need somebody to vent to. So what would you look for? 
Um, well, for anybody who's looking for a therapist, look on Psychology Today because you have to pay to be on there. That's where I am. And you read their bios. And my bio is very specific of, uh, this is what I agree with, this is what I don't. If you don't like that, then don't call me. I mean, I'm very nice about it, but, you know, I, I let you know what kind of a human I am, what kind of person, what I believe in. So I look for honesty and openness and, and somebody who's going to accept anything I say. And, of course, they have to understand I swear. I can't, I can't stop. I try, but you know, you've got to be cool, open and cool and, you know, not take offense to anything and not have that God image. Like, you know, I'm solving all your problems. Worship me. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You solve your own problems actually. Right. Just here to help you along. Right. Your biggest cheerleader. Well, we did want to get into just a couple additional things here. We had talked, um, we, we talked previously about, you know, the new normal and, and what that looks like. And, and we've, you know, you've kind of filled us in what people are coming to you for during this time. I wanted to get into maybe a few just specific topics because I've been relatively, well, I, I wouldn't say I'm new to therapy, but like mm -hmm. I started going to therapy about two years ago. I love it. It's been a huge game changer for me. Sure. Um, and I'm uncovering things about myself constantly. And what I thought I need when I went into therapy was in fact, not what I was struggling with at all. Yeah. Um, which was a big, um, kind of eye-opener and like, oh, like in these things that seemed really big and that didn't apply to me, like PTSD and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I thought I, I, I do have a, pro a problem with depression and anxiety, but mm -hmm. those things were a result of other things. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of get into some of those and because PTSD was a big one for me because I was like people who, you know, suffer serious trauma like war and, you know, that's what they mm -hmm. go through. That's not somebody who you know, mm -hmm. deals with what I went through. That's not what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. um, so can you kind of break down a few of the... the Myths? Yeah, the myths about, you know, relating to those and what... And, and I like know codependency is, is another one that I didn't realize that I struggled with um, that was, you know, that seemed very scary and very, I guess, broad when they're... Mm -hmm. um, they do fit an umbrella of people. Well, we can't tell people what their trauma is. Mm -hmm. So the exact definition of trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event. Okay, okay. so how you um, depict that, rationalize it, and cope with it in your brain will decide on if you're going to have PTSD or you're just going to move on with your day, mm -hmm. right? So actually exactly what you're saying. Often um, we don't know what it is that's upsetting us. We think it's something else, and in fact it isn't. Trauma is something that lays in the back of our brain for a very long time. Trauma is deposited in individual sections of our brain, depending on the event and how much strength we have within ourselves. This is, um, I take that back, how much we are able to cope with, right? Everybody's different. And so <clears throat> it's like someone who has been through a terrible, vicious attack by someone in order to cope with that, the brain disassociates, looks at it from a distant view, and puts it in different parts of your brain. And so one of the things is they go to the, let's say you go to a police station because the event is that bad. And they say, well, what, what color was his hair? Mm. What did he say? What did he smell like? How tall was he? What did he, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And they're like, it never happened. She's lying. No, it's because your brain puts that stuff here, there, and the other where, right? And then oh. in a lot of ways... Um, we'll say the, the new keyword everybody has anymore is triggered. I was mm -hmm. triggered. Something triggered me. It's actually a memory jog. And it's like, oh, 
that smells like my perpetrator. That guy's wearing the same cologne. Or um, that reminds me of my father. You know that phone, or, or that phone, that song, Alone Again Naturally? I can't hear that song. I hear that song. It came on the other day. I burst into tears and started sobbing. And I'm going to think that that, and I looked at it, and it actually came out like a year after my father died. Wow. And so that that is, and I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, it, it just certain things will bring trauma out for you, trauma that you've held in. But that doesn't mean that that's bad. Mm -hmm. And also one of the biggest things I see all the time is why people don't want to have therapy is they're scared to death of exactly what you're talking about, mm -hmm. reliving it or talking about it. Mm -hmm. But when we've been through something traumatic, the more you advocate for it, the more you talk about it, the more you speak the words, literally say them mm -hmm. to a stranger, mm -hmm. not a family member who's going to go, Oh, Rocky, you've always been like that. For yeah. God's sakes, get over it. All right. What's for dinner? Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, you need chicken. Yeah. More chicken. You need a stranger who is going to say, Well, tell me more about that. Well, what? And they should be a good private detective who can trace back and figure out where these things come from. Mm -hmm. Because what you may think is going on isn't re the reality, as you're saying, mm -hmm. of what's really going on. And then when you do say something, they're shocked. Mm -hmm. A lot of people all say, well, haven't they always been that way? Haven't, you know, hasn't that person in your life who hurt you or did that, hasn't they, I bet when they were a child, they were that way. And they'll say, oh my God, now that you say that, you're right. They were, they've always been that way. Well, then why is this time different? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's about recognizing where everything comes from. I think people feel they're going to implode and burst into flames if they talk about the things that hurt them the most. Mm -hmm. What? What? I just thought that was funny. Burst into flames. <laughs> oh, they do. But, you know, they're so scared. Yeah. I had a patient one time that uh, was severely abused by her father. And she finally was able to tell me the words. And that's the last time I saw her. Wow. Because it was just too, it was just too hard to talk about it and to get into detail about it. She just couldn't absolutely do it. But that's the one and only time that's ever happened. Wow. Yeah. So can she, can somebody like that go on with life and... And well, she's, she's not, fine. She's not working out well because she has a horrible psychosomatic illness that's gone along with that. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. psychosomatic meaning that her anxiety, her depression, her trauma has manifested into uh, physical illness throughout her body. Gosh, I, I would imagine though, if if you say it as hard as it is, it loses power. It's got to make you feel a little bit better. It does. But I live in a small community, and she was like, "If you tell anybody, if you, I, you know, I we." Have, been over this I would never speak a word of any of this right. this is just between us but her fear of being found out by others was just too overwhelming for her Wow! and it got she got so upset about it and was refusing to comply with treatment often we have to do this and I I was like you know this this isn't gonna work mm -hmm. but I, I can't make you cope with your shitty life mm -hmm. I can't. If that's what you're looking for, if you want me to, you know, sit here and say I'm going to help you stay with this horrible man, right? And you're not. That's then I'm not the girl for you. Mm -hmm. If you want me to support you while you go through these things, fine. But I'm 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 not here to co-sign bullshit. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah. co-sign bullshit. Yeah. Well, that's what that's an enabler really is, good. and that's what codependency is. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. Codependency is that we get a, a we get a whole 
it's a wrong idea of what codependency is and narcissism. You know, those are buzz, buzz, buzzwords anymore, right? People are always bringing them up. But codependency is, you know, where you ha are an enabler with an, another enabler. So somebody is addicted or lousy or has a bad disposition and you're constantly saying, no, you don't, you're fine, you're good. And they say um, to you, oh, you, you know, you're good too. You take care of me. Thank you. I need you. So, and once again, the life raft, people hanging from a life raft, two people drowning, mm -hmm you know, that can't save each other. So we co-sign each other's bullshit. Oh, don't listen to your mother. You can have another drink or, you know, really? You think so, honey? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. So you codependently hang on to each other in an enmeshed, sick relationship mm -hmm. and, it, and no one thrives. And I also bring that up a lot. If your relationship is not thriving, moving forward, turning into something better, becoming more, then you're having failure to thrive. You're not getting better. You're not moving on with your life. You're not enjoying your life. You're just existing. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't problems or conflicts in a relationship. No, because it, it, no relationship is, you know, thriving all the time. No, 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 okay. no. But a lot of times that is one of the key problems in a relationship that people don't recognize. They just get enmeshed in their kids, enmeshed in their families, enmeshed in their husbands or wives or whatever it may be, your boyfriends and their children. And then they wake up one day and everybody's gone. This is a, you know, empty nest is a real deal, you know, or um, just not knowing what you want out of your life. So if you're with somebody who's holding you back or you feel you can't be who you want to be, or they're not cheering you on to be better than you, who, who you are, or you were yesterday and, and they encourage you whether it's a frivolous idea or not, then you're not thriving. You know, right. it should be a reciprocal relationship. I always say you come together as a couple and then you add your children into your life. You don't give up your life for your children so that everybody has a fulfilling life. Wow, that's yeah, good. That really good. That's really yeah. good. I bet you did a lot of that conversation during the pandemic, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Dealing with patients and mental illness, the words are thrown around so frequently, right. which in a sense, because I, I claim I'm a mental fitness enthusiast is what I claim. I don't think I'm an advocate, but I, I definitely like to be open about it. And, mm -hmm. um, I love how you word that well, by you. the way, because, because that's kind of where I, I feel like I, I fall. I, I appreciate that people are so open about it. They're, they're talking about it more than I think they ever have. And they're yeah. being open about suffering from depression and anxiety, but the words get so thrown around. Um, I know there's not a one size fits all approach to these things, but mm -hmm. when you're, when you are struggling with them, like people come up to me and ask me all the time, you know, when you were really struggling with depression, did you feel like X, Y, and Z? And I'll be like, well, yeah, I did feel like that. Or mm -hmm. no, not really. I did. That wasn't really something I struggled with, but I, I may have had a friend or something. So people ask me in my opinion, obviously I'm not a professional. I just can speak from my own experiences. Mm -hmm. um, are there signs that maybe you're not just like, the things that you're struggling with, maybe it is a mental health issue or it should be taken to a therapist versus just everyday life. You know what I mean? Especially sure. when it Question. comes to depression and anxiety yeah. and PTSD and things that's like that. Absolutely. And that's the biological and the situational part I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. So we have shit in our lives that goes down that's situational. Mm -hmm. Someone dies in your life. Um, you've had a car accident. You've had a breakup. Um, you're fighting within your family, whatever that may be. That's your situation. Mm -hmm. 
And then you also have clinical depression or clinical problems that have manifested into full-blown mental health issues. As you know, I believe I've told you I worked on a, on a psych ward for three years. Mm-hmm. So I was the therapist on the psych ward. So I've seen a lot of real live depression. So what a lot of people, you know, everybody's different though. Depression and anxiety manifest in many different ways, many, many different ways. But like with if somebody is saying to you, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not getting out of bed and, and, and I'm not brushing my teeth, I'm not washing my hair and I'm not going out, nothing makes me happy, I don't want to do anything, then that's a serious problem that has to be addressed. I'm dealing with one of my patients with that right now. She is very, very depressed and will not take anything. Okay, I don't want to take anything. I don't want to be dependent on anything. Mm-hmm. But what you have to understand is if you're in a crisis situation like that where you literally, your life is, you're not functioning like you used to, mm-hmm. and leaving the house or doing anything like that is extremely difficult, you need a little antidepressant because you're not producing enough um, serotonin within your brain. So sometimes we need a bump over and that it may not be a whole lifelong thing. But people un- have to understand that hormones change, your neurotransmitters, the chemicals within your brain change as we age, as things happen, as life goes on, as your med- medical history changes. So why would we not need something to be replaced? But why wouldn't we need a little more serotonin and a little less um, uh, adrenaline? Or a little more GABA, you know, which is the break, and then adrenaline is our gas. And people think of it that we should be able to figure this out in our own head, mm-hmm. get past this in our own head. No, when it gets to a critical stage where it's inhibiting your life, you can't work, you don't find any joy in anything, you can't leave the house, and you're stuck in your bed, or you're too frightened to go anywhere or do anything. I've had that with OCD uh, patients too. Um, taking a small amount of something is necessary. Mm-hmm. You would take a supplement, you'll take supplements You, if you had, and that's not FDA approved, mm-hmm. right? If you had cancer, you'd take chemo. If you needed, di- if you had diabetes, you'd take insulin. You know, you can't think your way out of this. Mm-hmm. And so any words of encouragement you would give somebody that is like, hey, listen, I'm feeling like, so you, you know, you have to tell them. It's wonderful that you advocate for that mm-hmm. because a lot of people just don't know what to do yeah. and they don't know when they're in a crisis. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people will ask me like, and I'm like, I am not a therapist. <laughs> like I know a lot of wonderful therapists and I will refer you, mm-hmm. but I am not, you know, I make sure that that's very clear. But um, in coping with anxiety, that's another thing. I I would not say my anxiety is very, I think it's very manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, my depression was really more serious for me than, mm-hmm. than the anxiety. Um, but I know a lot of people who have crippling anxiety and and as a person on the outside of that, what do you? What would be a good thing to say to somebody who is struggling with anxiety or they're in a panic attack? Because I feel like calm down or just breathe. It's going to be fine. Like, I don't know, you know, like how do you help somebody, you know, a partner, a loved one who is struggling? Well, when with, like, somebody's in the throes of a panic attack, the only thing you can do is whatever the hell you got around, <laughs> honestly, because they are like up here. You need to calm them down, get their breathing, get, take them outside, drink plenty of water, take plenty of deep breaths, distract them, ground them as much as possible, talk to them a little bit, and find a place that they're a little more fo- focused and feeling better. The thing about um, anxiety is we have not done anywhere near enough research as we have with depression. Wow. 
And it's very unfortunate. And then addicted, uh, the addicted population has screwed it up for the rest of us with benzodiazepines, mm-hmm. which are the things that calm us down, that stop us from producing so much adrenaline. And so, you know, to get a Xanax, to get a Valium, and th- the first thing they think is you're going to abuse it, you're going to abuse it. But in fact, people really need it, really do need it. Because what they found with... Um, with antidepressants is I'm not a depressed person. I'm an anxious person, mm-hmm. right? So they wanted to prescribe every antidepressant under the sun. I tried them all. All they did was make my anxiety worse. For a third of the population, antidepressants don't work at all. And for many people with anxiety, it makes it worse. Wow. It just happened to be a secondary component to antidepressants that was helpful for many people with anxiety. It calmed them down. But then there's a whole bunch of us out here that it didn't. So um, finding a good, well, right now it's impossible to find a psychiatrist, so I'm not even going to say that. It is impossible to find a psychiatrist. If you can get a good PCP that works for a psychiatrist, I'd highly recommend it, or a good doctor. And once again, I'm constantly saying, I'm not a doctor, but what I know is, and take this to your doctor and see what they say. Why is it hard to find a good psychiatrist? They're just booked solid Um, to the gills, mm -hmm. to the gills, especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not getting political, but big pharma does push certain drugs because I've been in on all those meetings when the reps came in. Remember when Prozac was huge? Mm-hmm. Remember when Ritalin was huge? Mm-hmm. Yes. Adderall, Adderall. Now we have a whole addicted Adderall population. Uh, you know, there. yes, there is stuff to be aware of and to kind of be a little leery. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you have a good physician you're working with, they will figure out what you need. Mm-hmm. So you need a little more, a little less yeah. or whatever. Do you deal with patients with ADHD? Yes, um, some, some patients. Because I, I know that I struggle with ADHD and I like have refused any type of, you know, just because I do, I know so many people who struggle with Adderall addiction and mm-hmm. and have abused that. And I've been like, I, no, thank you. I don't think I have an addictive personality. I don't know if that is an actual thing or not. It is. Um, it's, an, it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I don't believe I do, but I always was like, you know, well, one of the things that we're finding, another thing is, is usually children are diagnosed with ADHD under the age of 14 or up to the age of 14. Wow. So a lot of times, and Gina, you can probably speak to this too, parents are sending their little zombies in at eight. Okay. <laughs> right? Eight years old. It's a boy. He's yeah. running around having a good time. Throw him on Adderall, you yeah. know, get him on Ritalin, put him on something, get him to shut up and sit down, right? When in fact, they're just kind of burning off some energy. But what I've seen now, because so many people are aware, Dr. Google, you know, looking around at stuff, a lot of people may think they have ADHD, but they actually don't, especially Mm -hmm. in adults. We don't normally see that in adults. Mm -hmm. ADHD is a real deal. I mean, with ADHD, you literally cannot concentrate on one thing at a time. It's very difficult to hold down a job. I mean, they're running from one thing to another. Their house is in chaos. Um, They can't focus on anything. It's it's way different than, you know, like we were talking about before, somebody who's a narcissist. Everybody thinks everybody's a narcissist now. Yeah. Every single self-centered person is now a narcissist, mm-hmm. you know, but there's huge gaps in yeah. all of these. So these words get overused. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, ADHD is is something to really be investigated. Mm-hmm. I had a patient the other day, God love him, I love him so much, but he said, Liz, I think I finally figured it out. I have autism. I'm like, Jesus, 
God, what have you been doing? A Facebook quiz. Like, yeah. <laughs> a Facebook quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. Basically. Pretty much. People Basically. do that all the time. Yeah. What what yeah. dog are you? What, what like, disorder are you? Oh my God almighty. I'm like, dear, okay, I love you. Yeah. You don't you are not autistic. Okay. Oh, I think I, I scored, you know, kinda on the border on a lot of it. I'm like, no, you are not. You're not. And a lot of people are doing self-diagnose and think think they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But Adderall is, uh, as we call it, poor man's cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so it's giving a lot of younger and older and, and adults, mm-hmm. you know, a nice little jolt <laughs> to get things done around the house yeah. and stuff. And, and then you end up with a horrible addiction. Yeah. And for young males, it leads to psychoses in many wow. cases. Yeah. I used to see them on the ward all the time. A yeah, whole nother show. Yeah. Yeah. Liz will have you back. I know. <laughs> Liz is going to be a monthly regular. Yeah. Well, I guess it's more about just, you know, you have to figure, you know, what is it that I'm lacking or what's going on with me? Self-awareness, mm-hmm. like we were talking about, is super important. You know, like I was just talking about myself, I was going through a hard time. Like, why am I going through this? What's going on? What would I tell my patient? And just trailing back, trailing back. How do you, because I think that's been a huge component for me in, in, in getting through my mental health issues is the self-awareness. Um, how do you, like, what would say, what would you say would be your first steps into tapping into that? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think people are so unaware, like, you know, yeah. they just have no idea. And um, what would you say would be? I guess to get somebody into a state of self-awareness, what would be the first? Well, it's like typically, do I do, do I react to this all the, the same way all the time? Do I say this all the time? Do I feel this way? Does someone make me feel this way? What is my reaction to that? And how can I change my reaction to the stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. So for every, react, for every action, there's a reaction. So, you know, what is, I need to be self-aware of how I react to things. And I need to change that. I need to figure out what it is that is upsetting me. And a lot of times in, you know, in the age of podcasts and, or podcasts, I mean, of phones Mm -hmm. and um, notifications constantly, Mm -hmm. do you know how much that's whittled down our self-esteem? Right. Right? Because we look at somebody's one second of their very filtered life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And we look at how many views. How many views mm-hmm. have I gotten? How many likes? How many likes have I yeah. gotten? How come this chick talking about an accounting firm has 10 million followers? Right. And right. I don't. I'm giving out real information, stuff right. like that. So you have to figure out what your weakness is and what it is that is hurting you. Mm-hmm. You know, what is? what am I really upset about? If you trail it back, you know, whatever it could be, I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. Or I've gotten, <laughs> like, I just... This isn't recent, but it's been going on for a couple of years. I've gotten rid of all the really toxic people in my life. Really toxic people. I'm like, honey, I got you. That's my husband. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like yeah. you and me, dude. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you live a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard, and especially as you yeah. get older, right? You have right. to be finicky about the people you surround yourself mm-hmm. with because it can really drain you. Yeah, take you down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, had that conversation in our household a lot. <laughs> it's interesting because that is part of my game-changing idea for this segment. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Let's yeah. go. Well, Let's do well, re- I will, oh, okay. but real quick. Um, do you follow Tony Robbins or Tom Bayou? Tom Bayou was one of the uh, founders of the Quest 
bars? Um, I, uh, Tony Robbins, I've known of and I've read his books in the past mm-hmm. and stuff. And his, uh, you know, I, I like a, uh, his message. I do. I well, like he just a lot. came out with a new book and I haven't read it. I think it's released now. But um, both him and uh, Tom Bayou are huge um, advocates of mental health. And, um, and they both swear by and say, that, and I think this is what Tony Robbins' book is about, that food, nutrition is the, the source of everything. Like you can heal depression and everything else through nutrition. I was just wondering if you heard anything about that. I haven't or... heard anything about that, and I, I really don't agree with that. Okay. I will say this. I would say that, um, yeah, your diet is super important. What game, one of the best documentaries ever by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael uh, Jackie Chan is Game Changers, the Game Changers, about being vegetarian and vegan and how many athletes are vegetarian and vegan, which there's a lot of validity to that for sure. And that's why my husband and I are mostly vegetarian. Um we had some chicken last night. Both of us have had an upset stomach for like three days. It's like, I mean, for like three hours, really. Like, oh, I, I, and but I love, I love it, but I, I love animals too much. So this is a, something that we are taking into consideration. Mm-hmm. We can't be eating animals if we love animals so much. That's just our personal view. Mm-hmm. But we try to do it as as much as we can. But if you're eating high levels of sugar. Um, energy drinks, things like that. Of course, you know, you're going through it right now, Rocky, right? That is just going to make you far too um, anxious. It's really going to stimulate all of the adrenaline within your body. Um, If we eat too much sodium, way too many carbohydrates, I mean, you need need a very complex mixed diet. I'm all about diet Mm -hmm. being healthy for you, but it's not going to cure depression and it's not going to cure anxiety because it is literally a chemical you're missing in your brain. And you can't replace that by outside means, by supplements or any uh, supplements or any type of bioidenticals, which I've tried all of them because they're just not powerful enough. They're not strong enough. And not to mention that whole market charges a fortune. Mm-hmm. I have patients spending over five to $600 a month on bioidenticals and stuff and are still having a hard time. I'm wow. like, for God's sakes, just take the Prozac yeah. for, for freaking $5 yeah. a month. I'm telling you, it works faster, harder, and longer, yeah. you know? So really, it depends. All right. Yep. Well, thank you. Yeah, yep. so much thank for you again, us. Liz. Yep. And one more time, how can people uh, um, find you? can you? find me on Psychology Today, Liz Reed. Um, I'm based out of Lapeer, but I'm doing all telemedicine right now due to COVID. Also at Liz Life Guru on Instagram and TikTok. With useful okay. information. And when yes, you like, subscribe, that. and follow the Nooner Show, you can also find additional links on our pages. Perfect. Exactly. Right. That was Liz Reed. Thank you, Liz. All right. One game-changing idea from me, and this ties fits right in. And Liz and I did not talk about this, but Jim Rohn said that you are the average of the five closest people to you. When we conform to our environment. We attract who we are. So... Um, you can't have a positive life with a negative community, right? So if you're trying to make any type of change in your identity, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, uh, quit drinking or, or dieting or um, working on your mental health or, or career change, dreams, whatever, you have to change your behavior. And if you have to change your behavior, a lot of times you have to change your environment because you're around people that enable you, mm-hmm. as Liz mentioned, Um, so you have to really assess 
who is adding value? Who are the five closest people that you spend your time with? Who adds value and who is depleting your value? Who's taking away? Um, and it's not about cutting people out, but it is about limiting your time with people. And if you have big dreams and big goals for yourself and your tribe, your hype team is not the right group, there are other ways to do that. And that is um, find mentors online, um, take classes online. If you're, for example, a, a musician who uh, really wants to be a famous songwriter, get into organizations with um, songwriting people, committees, people that are like-minded, that have the same aspirations. You need to be around people that support those dreams or goals. Um, there's a saying that what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to make any sort of change and transformation, you really have to look at the five closest people that you spend your time with and make some changes on how much time you're going to be spending with certain people that might not be adding value. Mm -hmm. That's the game changing idea Love for the that. week. Love it. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. Great advice. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. And we've got right. our fortune cookies. We do. And the teacher here is going to toss our cookies. I don't know why that sounds dirty to me. I'm going to toss our cookies. <laughs> Doesn't that mean hurling? It's no more dirty. Is it? This is Growing the Nooner up, Show. We call oh, I don't know. We could, we All right, call so it whatever way show. the prongs face, that means that fortune was meant for yeah. you. I've got a number here. All right. Uh, how about when you find your joy? Yeah. There you go. Oh, you're always one choice away from changing your life when you find your joy. Mm. Yeah. A small donation is called for. It's the right thing to do, finding your joy. Ooh. So I'll give you my bank account. You just yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. My Venmo's at everything rocky. But yeah. <laughs> Having a clear space in mind allows you to add with purpose or act with purpose. When finding you find your, your joy. joy. Nobody has her glasses on. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> rocky does. <laughs> a feather in the hand is better than a bird in the air when you find your joy. Well, thank you. And thank you again, Liz Reed. Thank you very much, uh, guys. I love it. And don't forget, the only mode of transportation is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith, and we'll see you next week. Don't Bye. forget to subscribe, like, and follow The Nooner Show on Podcast Nation. Bye.